We think women need to talk more openly about money because money really matters. It shouldn't be embarrassing or confusing. Join the conversation. We'll be discussing a whole range of topics which will help you get comfortable with your finances. Money Matters, brought to you by AJ Bell. Hi, I'm Laura Suter and welcome to another Money Matters podcast. So this one is about tackling a really thorny issue and it's something that a lot of listeners have got in touch to ask us about and ask for advice and it's about asking for a pay rise. I'm joined as ever by Danny Hewson. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, I'm so pleased that we are talking about this this week because so many women we speak to say that they think that they should be paying more for the job that they're doing, but they just don't feel able to ask for more money. Um, They feel that they're worth it, but then if you sort of put them on the spot, push them, they sort of wobble. They don't know how to go about it and they don't have the confidence. That's a huge issue. And I know that over the years, I've had plenty of moans to friends and colleagues about pay, but I definitely did an awful lot more moaning than anything productive just because that conversation's really hard. I think it's really tricky to have and it's something my friends and I talk about quite a bit and I think one area where I'm probably better at and I'm good at encouraging my friends is when you move jobs to never accept the first salary offer and to negotiate at that point but I think one area that I'm definitely not good at is when you're in a job how do you know that you're due a pay rise and how do you know to justify that and have that awkward conversation Um, I think it's tricky isn't it? It's really ch- tricky and, and I'm absolutely with you there. When you move jobs, it does feel like that is the point at which you kind of expect and can ask for a pay rise. Although over the years, I, I've been less assertive than you and, and probably did just go, OK, thanks. That's the salary, which you really shouldn't do. You really should do your research beforehand. And that is something that I think people are becoming much better at having conversations about what other jobs of that sort of same level are paid and and talking to their friends and their colleagues about what they're paid as well. Yeah, and I think it's a really good time for it because at the moment we've got quite a fierce job market, lots of people, lots of companies fighting to hire good staff. And so it's a great time to be negotiating either um, if you're moving jobs or if you're in your current job and um, lots of companies are going out of their way to keep good people so it's very topical um, and as you know by now this podcast is aimed at getting women to talk about all aspects of their money and to think about their finances all the way through and so one of the causes of the gender investment gap that we talk about so much is the gender pay gap um, and a lot of that is getting better companies are having to report it now there's a lot more awareness of that gap yeah, and I've been looking at the, the numbers, Laura, and the last lot of figures we got from the Office for National Statistics showed that the gap was down to 7.9%. Now, that was the number for 2021. A bit higher than it was the year before, but then furlough kind of skewed everything. So when you look back to 2019, pre-pandemic, it was 9%. So it is going the right way. Yeah, but it's still galling, I think, that women are paid less than men on average. And it's actually um, 
things start out on a fairly level playing field, but then um, thing decisions made throughout life. So things like more women tending to take career breaks to have children or for other caring responsibilities or returning to work part time or maybe wanting to cut back on some work responsibilities. Um, that all feeds into meaning that the difference is pretty stark by the time we reach our 40s. It is galling. That is a good word. But we're not going to dwell on that today. Instead, we've been talking to a couple of fantastic women to get a few tips for you. If you're thinking that you should be paid a bit more, if you're sort of on the cusp of going out and having that conversation with your boss, maybe you're thinking of switching jobs to get more money. Um, It's great time as Laura says to have that conversation with your employer and they've got some tips for you. Yeah so Danny's been chatting to Alice Draper who is at Inner Pickle Careers about career coaching Uh, but first up I've been talking to Zoe Warren who is a Money Matters listener but also someone who recently negotiated a pay rise but went through quite a tricky process to get there. So Zoe, you've been through the nerve-wracking experience of asking for a pay rise, but how did you actually go about it and, and get to that position? Well, I've actually been, um, I've been lucky enough to do it twice. And the first time I was completely terrified. Um, I walked in and my hands were shaking um, and um, I didn't do it very well, I'll be honest. And luckily enough, I had a, a very good manager at the time who said, okay, you've asked it now, well done stop shaking we'll give it to you <laughs> so that was quite easy I was let off very easy on my first time asking for a pay rise I'm still very nervous and I can understand how people find it incredibly intimidating um, the second time I, I was at my current job and um, basically my manager was leaving and they were con- kind of putting the roles together um, and I asked for you know fair compensation basically um, and they didn't want to give it to me just because I think they were kind of trying to reduce costs in general, but taking on a lot of extra responsibilities. So the original number they came back with was very low, and um, it wasn't really a rise. It was kind of like it was just kind of taking on more responsibilities and not really doing it nicely. So um, my manager at the time, she was very good at supporting me she um, sat me down and we literally had to put through a business case and it was we went through both the job descriptions we highlighted all the extra responsibilities we um, kind of presented it in this format um, and we kind of said what a fair number might be and it was a no so complete no um, I'm not entirely sure why, I think it may have been experience, but um, it actually took the person in charge of these decisions to leave. Um, And then the next person that came along, I got talking to, and um, they said yes. Um, And we came to a compromise, basically, of the first year that I was doing the role. I'd be paid slightly less, and then it would go up to my requested amount after a year with more experience. So it was kind of like certain tools that I'd never kind of really utilised before that my manager was just like, okay, we'll try this, try this, try this. And I don't think a lot of people are kind of really aware of the different avenues they can go down to try and get what they want, basically. 
Yeah, 100%. And you were obviously really fortunate to have a very supportive manager in that situation. And lots of people might not be in that position. But um, who else would you have gone to for support in that? Would it be kind of family or friends? Or or do you not really talk about that kind of thing with, with your family and friends? I think um, for me, I'm looking up with my family. I definitely do because my dad is kind of in sales and he's kind of been in a corporate environment for a very long time. Um, so I could potentially go to him because he has the knowledge. But I suppose other members of the family who haven't really been in that situation potentially wouldn't really know what to say. And, you know, there are some friends, but I think this is quite early on in our, well, I say careers, but, you know, working how do I put this, um, serious working life, so not like your bar jobs and your kind of stuff like that, and a lot of them were on the same kind of level and they'd not really been through it before, so this was kind of the first time that I'd had to do this. Um, so yeah, I think it, it was my manager and I was lucky, but there wouldn't really have been many people to turn to if I hadn't had her, because everyone else kind of seemed to be not really in my corner, let's say. Yeah, and if you hadn't had that really supportive manager, then you you could have ended up with a completely different outcome, and and I guess potentially ended up leaving the company because you felt like you hadn't been treated right, or because you weren't getting the pay you thought you you deserved. Yeah, definitely. I think it was kind of a it was neither or, and I did put it on the table. Um, I felt like I had to. Um, so it's like, okay, well, I'm saying no to these extra responsibilities because you are allowed to do that. People don't often tell you that either. You're allowed to say no. <laughs> if people ask you to do certain things and it's well out of your kind of job description um, and you can make me redundant or I can stay and you can compensate me fairly. And I think not a lot of people are taught or potentially it is very tricky to find that kind of, I can't even think of the word, um, resilience to see that through. And it's not something everyone can do. You know, if your job is very critical, it, like obviously everyone's job is critical in their life, you know, everyone has bills to pay. But if you can't afford to lose it, then some people couldn't afford to make that, take that risk, basically. And what do you think would have helped you during that process or ahead of that process to kind of better prepare you for it? Or what, what additional support do you think that there should be out there? I really think, and I've, I've thought this for a while, they need to be teaching stuff like this in schools. So, you know, instead of your kind of general studies or whatever they kind of call it these days, you need to kind of, I know they practice interview techniques maybe like once in school and but actually asking for things like a pay rise you know knowing your worth kind of knowing how much your job can change before you should be asking for fair compensation is another massive thing um and also potentially having the better visibility on the laws around it and kind of working law like i think that needs to be kind of more widely taught in schools uh, and in general in work life you know if if it kind of sounds strange that most employers probably wouldn't put on a seminar about asking for a promotion because it doesn't suit them well but it should be somewhere um and you know you have certain rights especially in this country that 
a lot of people don't know how to use to their advantage. Yeah, it's so true because your employer is not going to like guide you through how to ask for a pay rise because that would end up costing them a lot of money. But it is actually an essential life skill, isn't it? And a skill through your career. Um, And it's tricky to kind of know at what point you should learn that and and who should be teaching that to you. Precisely. I agree. And I think, um, you know, there's so many kind of information pages or pages out there that help you on various different platforms like social media. You know, it would be useful kind of to have this out there, like what you can say, what you can't say, what you should do, like steps that you can take because it's nerve wracking and it's, it's, yeah, it's not an easy thing to do, especially the first couple of times. Um, but also are you more willing to talk about money with your colleagues or with your friends so that there isn't so much secrecy around how much everyone earns or who's asking for a pay rise? I I think I'm a massive advocate for pay to be discussed openly. So I discuss it, discuss it very openly with other people at my um, company. Um, I, you know, it's, it's a private thing, so people shouldn't feel kind of pushed into, but I think we do have almost a cultural culture of secrecy around it. And I think the only person it really benefits is the employer and not the employees. Um, and I have, I think a lot of people, especially young people nowadays, are not scared to start talking about it um, and kind of almost it's, it's, it's admit. So you admit how much you earn. Um, but I think if you've got various different people in various different jobs, it's, the only way to really kind of see how much you're worth because where are you going to get that information from otherwise yeah it's so true and I think your point that the employer are the only people that win out of that secrecy is very accurate um thank you so much for sharing your story with us Zoe I really appreciate it no worries at all you know, I really love Zoe's tenacity uh, and I totally recognise all the feeling that she spoke about from some of my own experiences. I honestly don't think it ever gets any easier to, to talk about yourself, your own worth, what you think that, you know, you should be paid your value. But those conversations are something that our next guest specialises in. Alice Draper set up In A Pickle Careers to help women find their confidence. She's helped loads of women get back to the workplace, move jobs, start businesses, get promotions, and yes, ask for pay rises. I suppose that the the first question is, how do you help women ask for a pay rise? So there's lots and lots of ways that you can help women ask for a pay rise but I think one of the most important things is the you know the mindset and getting in the mindset so um, there there was a study done by KPMG in 2020 that found that 75% of women feel uh, have imposter syndrome and suffer from it regularly so and and that's the kind of feeling of being a fraud. So you might be in the most amazing job in the world. You might be managing big teams, hitting your targets, beating your targets, um, you know, making lots of money for a company. And then you still feel like, uh, am, I, am I meant to be here? Will they realise that I'm a fraud? Am I being lucky? Often luck is something that we, we feel. Um 
So that's something that, um, so I often manage, so I often look to manage um, in terms of um, the mindset of, of feeling that imposter syndrome and actually feeling like, you know, you're not an imposter and you are meant to be here. Um, so mindset is a really key thing that, that I would employ to, to help with that. So how do you change uh, somebody's mindset? Because that imposter syndrome, I think m- most women will certainly recognise it. And finding the confidence to get past that can be really hard. Yeah, absolutely. And we do lots and lots of things to help with that. Um, so some of the coaching I do is really about reflecting on past experiences where you've been at your highest highs or your lowest lows and really looking at why that was um, looking at you at your best and um, and conditions that make you thrive um, and also the va- your values what's really important to you and often what's really important to a lot of the clients I work with is being paid what they're worth and they're often quite shocked when they go through the, all their values and they think oh I never thought that that would come up as such a important point but um but it's often getting those kind of things in place to really understand what is important to you um and then and often we work on confidence and there's lots of different ways to work on confidence but um one of the things that I say um is kind of tackling that inner critic that you have inside so those thoughts saying lucky uh, is it possible uh, am I meant to be here? And and really tackling them with more realistic thinking. Um, so o- often it's open questions instead of the kind of closed yes, no questions. So it, is it possible becomes how can I make it possible? And that really can help with imposter syndrome. But it's something that, as, as, uh, as I said, lots and lots of people suffer with, not just women, men as well. But it is really tackling those thoughts head on and reframing them more as a as a that they are aren't facts and what are the facts so if somebody is in a position where they are thinking actually you know I'd, I think I should be paid more than I'm currently paid where do you start so the first thing that I say for this is research. And that not only will help with working out exactly how much you should get paid, but actually helps you kind of feel a bit more confident about it because confidence is certainty. You know, you're certain you should be getting paid that much. And to do this, you could Glassdoor is an absolutely amazing way to find out what um, others in your industry are getting paid. But you can also network. And you don't have to necessarily, you know, you find someone in your network that maybe is on a similar role to you in a different company, but you don't necessarily have to ask them, how much do you get paid? But you could ask them, I'm, I would really like some help with getting a pay rise and I'd really like your advice. I'm thinking of asking for this much. Does this sound fair? And seeing what they come back with. So networking can really help. And also when you are networking and asking these kind of questions, don't just ask women, ask men as well, because the gender pay gap is real and it's really important to ask 
both the both men and women what they get paid in that similar role to get the research and 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 understand exactly what it is you should be getting paid i've actually um uh, i'm working with a few clients at the moment and um a few a couple of them have have been looking into the research and realizing that they should be pe- getting paid a lot more and it almost kind of gets you a bit angry doesn't it that i should be getting paid more shouldn't i uh, you know why am i not doing anything about it um so so that research can really help with um with that does that anger help as well because of course you, you, quite often the overwhelming feeling is uh, as you say that imposter um i'm not worth it being nervous so does anger help yes absolutely um when you hear about you know say for example we spoke about the gender pay gap when you hear about that and 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 the differences it does get does make you feel angry and there's obviously lots and lots of things that come into why there is a gap but you know if it is something that you can push for and push for more then getting a bit angry can can really help definitely so you provide coaching for both men and women uh, part of their careers aside from asking for more money how can you use that kind of coaching to put you in a position where you feel you know more valued where you're demonstrating that you do have the skills so you should be paid more so yeah so another thing that we look at is so firstly um when you are thinking about a pay rise is to think about what is it that you've done for the company and the impact that you've had on the company so we would look into that and impact doesn't have to be monetary although monetary is really helpful especially for companies to hear how much money you've made the company how much cost you've saved how many clients you've found and maintained but also is to think about um, you know the people side of it, and you know maybe if you're managing a team and you're helping to retain staff and create a really happy culture as well, that can have a real impact. And also, even if you're not managing a team, there can be lots of things that you do that you don't even think have a massive impact, but we can break them down. So you know when you see on LinkedIn and people often big themselves up from LinkedIn and uh, and it's really about doing that so you may be for example you're not managing a team but you are part of a buddy scheme so anybody that is new into the business is um, assigned to be you know you're assigned to be their buddy and you can really go into this on how you've helped um, helped with the morale when you've come into the company, uh, you know, help a new starter with getting to grips and getting um, to grips with um, all the systems and everything that they're doing a lot faster, but also reducing any mistakes as well. That's really, really key. So you've really got to break down everything that you've done in the company that's really had an impact on it and always, always thinking about the impact. But then the other side of it is thinking about what you're going to do once you've got the pay rise. So it's not always about the past, but it's also about, you know, the future, what you're going to do with that and having that extra money. um, You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to bring to the company? So, uh, you know, and and show your worth there. And again, impact. um, So, you know, if you've asked to uh, increase 
um, profit by a certain percentage, then you've got to be talking about that. This is this is how I'm going to deliver this. This is the impact I'm going to have. You clearly love working with people and, and helping them develop their careers. What's been the best moment for you? Oh, <laughs> um, it's always a really good moment when you kind of hear the, you know, if somebody's actually uh, taken up the, you know, the help with the coaching, they've, they've started, they've actually come back with a really good, uh, a really good story and how they've maybe either changed their career and going for something that they're really passionate about or how they've just, you know, made a small step and it's really, really made a difference to their career. And I worked with someone recently and um, and when she first came to me, she wasn't sure about if she wanted to be in the job and she wasn't sure what she was going to do. And we just, when we went through the coaching, we really found out that it was flexibility that was so important to her. So I helped with those conversations and I helped to push for it in her role and she got it. And I, I spoke to her a few weeks ago and she was a different person. She, she loves her role. She sees future in it. And, and, you know, it was just a small little thing that she needed to do to, um, which she didn't know at the time, but she, it was, the coaching really helped her with that. So that's kind of the, that, that really makes a massive difference to me hearing those stories where I have made a difference and, you, and had impact. <laughs> how did you get into it? So I, well, long story. Um, so I worked as a merchandiser in head office retail um, and I managed teams and I coached and developed those teams um, to success, obviously. Um, and it was always my favourite part of the job. I really, really enjoyed it. And, um, and then I had my daughter and, um, and then uh, the company got taken over and it got taken over by a very different company with a very different culture my role changed as well I didn't manage anyone anymore and um and it wasn't the best time and I and I did think about you know changing jobs or what I should do next I went on maternity leave again with my son and I was made redundant whilst I was on maternity leave and it was a real shock but actually it was the shock that I needed to push myself to do something that I really cared about um, and work out what my values were as well. So I did uh, the career coach training and I set up my business about a year and a half ago. And now I help mostly women and men as well uh, with the kind of things that I went through. How did you find the strength to come back from that? Because you know, you were you were clearly put into an incredibly difficult situation and, and having to sort of deal with that and, and all the emotional upheaval that that entailed, but then picking yourself up and powering on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I actually had career coaching as well. Um, well, um, so that really helped me, really helped me work out what it was that I wanted. And, and that, help because I was you know working out going through the process myself and going through what was important to me and what my values were it made it seem easier because I knew that I was making the right decision and I knew that I was 
doing the I was you know in the right direction but also having um having lots of support around me was another thing that massively helped and um you know having support from family and my husband but you know also um having support from um mentors and um people within the same industry as me um it's quite it's a really good industry to be in because we all kind of big ourselves up and we you know we have a really supportive um, industry to be in conversations isn't it it's it's just about talking and having people to share your fears your hopes your dreams to get advice from and why is it that it's still so difficult to to talk about things particularly money um I think it is you know as I mentioned about um it is difficult to talk about money because it it feels awkward doesn't it you know every negotiation that uh, feels awkward and um and it's really about being comfortable with that and being comfortable with feeling awkward um and also because it's so personal to a lot of people even the best negotiators in the world you know i work with um buyers within the retail industry that you know negotiate <laughs> negotiate millions of pounds of deals to suppliers and i'll say well you know let's talk about negotiating your salary increase and they'll be like oh no <laughs> and it, you know so it is it is interesting how that kind of imposter syndrome and confidence can really affect, um, you know, the, the, uh, us thinking that we can do that and we can push for that. Um, another thing that um, that you know confidence can affect is is when we've had um, babies. So um, we might have been off for maternity leave, and um, not only are the hormones affecting your confidence, but not being you know out, being out of it. Um, understandably you're out of your role for a, a, num- a number of months and not feeling like you're involved can really affect confidence as well so dealing with that and dealing with how we well how we um, make you feel as confident as possible going back to work after maternity leave or a career break can really help. If you could give people listening one tip how to make their lives better, make themselves more confident, what would it be? I would say that um, one tip would be if you want to be, if you want to deal with your confidence, you really need to look at it head on. So when you're talk, when you're thinking about all the things that uh, make you feel unconfident, um, write them all down and then try and be a bit more uh you know realistic with actually what's going on and because our mind does do tricks on us sometimes so um so write down everything that is uh, you know that that inner critic inside us that is making us feel like you know we're not worthy or you know we're a fraud or we're being lucky but then actually write down everything that you have done and everything that makes you who you are um and career coaching can help with this can really help with um finding all the amazing stuff that you've done and and actually asking for positive feedback is another thing that um that really helps and lots of people don't like doing but when you do it you get you get some really good you get some really good stuff back it's been really lovely to talk to you thank you so much for your time thank you 
So some really great tips from Alice there and her own story is really fascinating as to how she came around to have that new career. Um, You can find out more about Alice and her coaching business via Instagram. So at Inner Pickle Careers or just Google Inner Pickle Careers and it will take you to her website. I really liked what both Alice and Zoe had to say about finding people to talk to, whether it's a career coach, mentors, colleagues, people who work in similar industries, just, you know, people to use as a sounding board. And I know that the last time I was in the position of of talking about money, I actually used a friend of mine um, because I'm not very good at having those sort of confrontations, which is ridiculous, isn't it? When you think that we're both confident women talking about finance, talking the media, but actually when you start talking about your own value, it's really hard. And she was brilliant. She was a real cheerleader and sort of said, you know, this is what you're worth. Don't accept anything less. And I think men and women both really feel the same sort of inadequacies, the same sort of imposter syndrome. Uh, And I don't know about you, but I think I'm my own worst critic sometimes. Yeah, and I think what Zoe, I mean, Zoe and I touched on it a bit in terms of people still not talking enough about money and about how much they earn. And so it makes it really hard for you to um, kind of peg yourself against other people in terms of whether your salary is reasonable or whether you're being underpaid, because you just don't know what other people are being paid. And I think that makes it really tricky sometimes so I think it's like you say it's finding those people that are willing to talk about money that are willing to discuss these things openly with you um, and using them as as good sounding boards like you said but that's it for this episode so thanks a lot for our guests and thanks to you guys for listening um, and also for suggesting the topic for this podcast so we'd love to hear more ideas from you guys and as this podcast shows we will put them into action we will answer all the questions you put to us um, so if you do have any suggestions get in touch at moneymatters at ajbell.co.uk or you can find us on instagram our handle is at ajbellmoneymatters and of course Leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts from. We are currently plotting our next in-person event. We'd love to see you all there. Um, We hope to hold it in the autumn, so keep your eyes peeled for more details on that one. And do sign up to our newsletter as well via the AJ Bell Money Matters website. We've got loads of exclusive content on there. We've got all the information about events and also giveaways too. Thanks a lot and we'll see you next time. Before you go, please remember this podcast is for educational purposes and the views expressed don't necessarily reflect those of AJ Bell. The podcast isn't telling you whether certain investments are suitable or not. And don't forget that the value of investments can change and you can lose money as well as make it. It's also important to remember that tax rules apply and that the way an investment performed in the past may not be the same as how it behaves in the future. If you want help, go see a qualified financial advisor.